0: Grab a guitar, pick up a fiddle Play
1: all night, they just can't sing All the Charlie and Bruce, the Lion King Good morning, good morning, good morning, I'm John Bauman, Texas Dead, kicking things off for us on SEI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you today. Now usually, right here is where I would say thanks to our presenting sponsor, Lone Star Beer. However, uh, unfortunately, that 10-year relationship has come to an end, so you'll no longer be hearing about Lone Star Beer on the show or on Probably not seeing them posted on social media anymore either. Um, grateful, certainly grateful for a decade-long run with um, with Lone Star. But, you know, I'm always transparent, and you guys are going to ask, you know, what happened. So I'll just tell you, they don't really see a value in putting marketing dollars into hunting in the outdoors anymore. Um, which is a shame, because you go back and, you know, some of the coolest uh, marketing and propaganda from the... 60s and 70s were all of those Lone Star beer hunting posters that you would see in bars and um, watering holes. So, yeah, it's it's a bummer for sure, but now I can kind of do something that I've always wanted to do, which is beer reviews. Y'all know I like beer. So you can expect to see some Cerveza reviews coming at you on my social platforms. Uh, You know, it's sad when a relationship ends, especially one as Long-standing as this one but this isn't something new you have a company whose demographic largely is made up of, of hunters and anglers they're owned by pabst which is based in la so <laughs> that should tell you something but really the more and more often companies that don't directly sell a hunting or fishing related product are scared to market to outdoorsmen really just hunting and firearms uh, due to the societal climate that we live in today and and it's just pandering to the few who are going to cry about it you know there are people who've been i'm sure have come to lone star beer and said why are you involved with the hunting show and i ultimately they they they, they listen they they bend the knee to the snowflake so uh you know what i always say and this comes from the great cory morrow who once said this on our show you don't have the right to not be offended. (laughs) So I think there's certainly truth to that. I wish more people would uh, have the stones to embrace that as kind of a mantra. Uh, I think, no, I know we'd all be a lot better off, but uh, anyway, enough about that. And and please understand I'm not at all bitter. I could kind of see the writing on the wall. The last two years, the communication lines start to break down. And I honestly didn't think they'd renew last year. So anyway, anyway, What's on the docket for today? Got a good one lined up for you. You know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee. Out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos, because off the top, we've got Father Jordan Neek, a bow hunter and priest up at St. Norbit's Abbey outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, he has recently been harassed for, and this is on private property, by the way, uh, harassed for Hunting, bow hunting, killing deer, and donating the meat to the public, to needy families. Uh, Sounds terrible, right? No, he's doing the Lord's work, and some jerks out there have even gone as far as to try to harm him physically, maybe even kill him, and we'll explain that uh, when Father Nick joins us here in just a minute. Uh, Also, we've got our buddy Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics set to join us to kind of unveil the 2021 lineup just came out this week, lots of new stuff, uh, innovative stuff from Vortex, a few things I've had the chance to test out in the field, uh, but we'll cover that new product launch coming up at the bottom of the hour. And of course, Mark and I will reflect on the 2020 season that is wrapping up now and why we both kind of fancy ourselves as average bow hunters instead of really good bow hunters. Uh, There's a lot that goes into that. Uh, maybe you guys are, some of y'all are in the same boat, uh, but we'll explain that as well. Uh, let's do a quick giveaway. I've got a three-pack of Crimson Talon Broadheads that we're offering up today. And I promise you, uh, being a marginal bow hunter has nothing to do with these broadheads. <laughs> it's the Indian, not the arrow, right? Uh, but anyway, email the word, let's just say blood trail. That's blood trail, because these make a good one, to Show at gmail.com and you'll be entered into today's giveaway. Coming up next, we're joined by Father Jordan Neek of St. Norbit's Abbey right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Adios, Rio Grande, adios, my old friend. I'm going back to Texas like an arrow through we again, Adios. Live Oak Outdoors offers some of the best waterfowl hunting in the Central Flyway, hunting over 2,000 acres of cut rice along the coast that attracts wintering geese by the tens of thousands. Hunts take place out of layout blinds or white parkas over a spread of 1,500 decoys. It's also common to shoot pintail and other puddle ducks in the goose spread. Professional guides make sure you have a safe and memorable hunt of a lifetime, they're based out of El Campo, Texas. Check them out at liveoakoutdoors.com or you can book your hunt by calling Chris Slimp at 832 466 9646. Hey guys, Cable here for Quiet Cat, the leader in e bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. Quiet Cat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable product on the market. I own a Quiet Cat and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, Quiet Cat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit quietcat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by Hunters 400. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's
2: cinnamoncreekranch.com. I was blinded at first in the middle of cursing, I bit my tongue. Grabbed the Jim Beam bottle from the middle of my lap and screwed the cap back on. I woke up and dragged my Charlie horse leg to his cab and lit a cigarette. And when I asked why the hell he had his light so bright, he smiled and said, I'm carrying a cross. It's the least I can do. There's
1: little Thomas Michael hey, carry Riley carrying Across, bringing us back on SCI's two. Lone Star Outdoor do Show. Cable Smith here with you as always. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, Lone Star Beer. It's great to be here talking outdoors with you. We've got a very interesting guest lined up for you here momentarily. But before we talk with Father Jordan Neek, this segment of the presentation brought to you by All Season Speeders and the Damn Fish Feeder. It's time the big girls are putting on the feed sack. Whether you're looking at bass or crappie, if you're feeding them, you need to get the damn fish feeder. It's so easy. You put the damn fish feeder on your damn dam, and you feed your damn fish. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. And with that being said, let's bring on our first guest today, joining us from uh, somewhere around Green Bay, Wisconsin, I believe. It is my pleasure to welcome Father Jordan Neek of St.
2: Norbit Abbey to the show.
3: Yeah, not a problem. It's uh, great to be on the show.
2: Yeah, and I, so I did want to ask you, uh, <laughs> do most people call you Father Jordan or, or Father Neek? I don't know what the uh, what the appropriate way to address you is.
3: Yeah, um, I respond to both. Some people go with the more formal Father Neek, but uh, most people call me Father Jordan.
2: Okay. I'm going to call you Father Jordan now because I feel like we're, uh, we're friends, so <laughs> we're going to roll with that. Um, All right. You're up in De pier. Which is close to Green Bay, Wisconsin, right?
3: Yeah, it's just four miles south of Green Bay, so it's kind of like a, a suburb of, of Green Bay, if you want to put it, or an extension of, of, uh, of houses of Green Bay.
2: Okay, so you're a big Packers fan?
3: I, I love the Packers.
2: <laughs> yeah, they've America's given
3: team, right? No, uh, they've I given the Cowboys from...
2: fits in the playoffs in the last uh, you know, five or six years, a couple times, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um but so tell us about St. Norbert's Abbey. It's it's a monastery um monastery and a college?
3: Yeah. Um so we actually started here in the United States. We came over um from Holland to serve Dutch-speaking immigrants. Uh, at, in 1893, in the Door County Peninsula, Door County Peninsula no, it was known as Hell's Door because the bay was just so hard to navigate for mm. ships. And so uh, we came from Holland to serve to serve Dutch-speaking immigrants and then eventually uh, moved further down that peninsula to the Green Bay area uh, because our founder... Uh, of the community here in the United States, recognized we needed vocations, and so we needed to go where the people were. And it just so happened that the college started with two two young young boys learning Latin at the kitchen table uh, with Father Father Penning's, hmm. and uh, that eventually grew into Saint Norbert College. And uh, we, we built an abbey uh, just across the river from the college. And uh, we have a community of 45 guys. Uh, when the abbey was built, it was built and uh, housed 150 men, 150 uh, priests and brothers.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. So is your day job like delivering mass or teaching at the college? What do you do exactly?
3: Yes, I'm actually a theology teacher at a Catholic high school in the area. Okay. Um, so so that's my full-time ministry, and then um, on the weekends I help out at different parishes in the Green Bay area celebrating Mass.
2: Perfect. Okay, gotcha. So you get to uh, do a little weekday hunting then. That's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> yeah, I try, try to fit it in when I can, and... Uh, one thing right now with uh, the circumstances of COVID-19, uh, we're virtually uh, virtual learning, and uh, that's freed up a little bit more time um, yeah. during the weekdays. So that's been that's been nice.
2: Okay. Well, I saw your story mentioned on SCI's uh, Instagram page, and figured we should try to set up a time to visit. Um, so, how long have you been hunting on the uh, Abbey property?
3: Yeah, it started in 2016, 2017. Uh, one of my my brothers, uh, a brother priest uh, who lives in community here, uh, reached out to Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, and um, I was talking with with uh, my my brother priest, and he said, "Yeah, a biologist actually said, right, there's an overpopulation problem in the Green Bay metro area, mm. and um, we're." We're 160 acres of basically farmland in the middle of a city. Uh, so we're kind of like a haven for deer or, or a magnet for deer, sure. um, that come here and then eventually like the possibility, uh, of getting hit by cars or, uh, eating people's flowers and gardens. And, um, so we started right, uh, in 2016, 2017, really assessing this and, and, uh, Harvested my first doe here uh, at that time um, because of the, the overpopulation problem in the metro area.
2: Okay. And were you, uh, you, you, you harvested your first doe there or just ever?
3: Uh, first one here. Okay. Uh, my first one ever, I started hunting in northern Wisconsin uh, up towards Lake Superior area uh, at the age of 12.
2: Okay. So, life, pretty much lifelong hunter. Um, harvested your first doe on the Abbey property in 2016, um, and you're primarily a bow hunter.
3: Uh, I actually picked up bow hunting because of living here on the Abbey property, because you can't fire a, a firearm in the city limits, and uh, with this conversation with the biologist, I uh, I said, hey, this is a great reason to pick up the sport, because I huh. always knew people loved the sport where I grew up. I always did rifle um and i love bow hunting now like i'm I, I really don't have a much of a desire to pick up a rifle <laughs> picking up a bow
2: right yeah it's funny i the the county i live in uh Collin County is archery only so but it's very expensive to hunt here because of its proximity to uh, Dallas and and McKinney and um and the bucks are i mean we've had like 3 200 inch deer killed here this season alone that i know about so um, but I did, I did mess around with it last year. And so I did more bow hunting for that reason, uh, last season than I ever had with less success. It was crazy, Hunted more days and saw less deer than I ever had. So that, uh, urban hunting can be tough in certain areas for sure, but it seems like you've had a, a pretty good season.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really good. I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't had this great of a season ever before.
2: So how many tags do you get and how many deer have you harvested?
3: Uh, So with the the bow, I had uh, one buck tag Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: two antlerless went with that, along with I purchased a metro subunit tag with that. And then uh, in the state of Wisconsin, uh, for gun season, I bought a gun tag for a buck and two doe came along with that and I could use a lesser weapon with the gun tag. And so I've had seven tags total, and as of this morning, I filled five of those tags.
2: Wow, okay and you you took a a pretty nice buck, huh?
3: I did um yeah, I remember it was it was a frustrating uh night I didn't uh I didn't see anything that night, and I was uh, up in up in my stand praying the rosary. And I got frustrated and was about to head down. And as I spun around to go down uh, my ladder stand, I saw this huge buck right behind my stand. And I thought, I'm I am going to stay put for a while and <laughs> see what happens.
2: Right. Okay. With hunting on the the Abbey property, are people are people like walking around in areas where your stands are? Describe kind of the scene the there as far as bow hunting Norbert's Abbey property.
3: So as I mentioned, we're on 160 acres of, of basically farmland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously some of that acreage is uh, put aside for our monastery, and then we have a cemetery up front. And uh, what we have is a road going through a, our private driveway, and uh, different asphalt walkways, um, mainly for our use of, of going to the church or the cemetery or to the garages and things like that. But a lot of people have uh, grown to love the Abbey property. And so they they walk through, run through, and um, and utilize the, the beauty of our property. Um, but uh, some folks have it in their minds that This is public land and go wandering off of the paved paths and walking Mm. through the woods and and the fields. Okay. uh, This is where the the problems start.
1: Right, right. And I want to get into your situation, what happened with you after the break. We are going to work in a quick commercial here. And that segment, by the way, was brought to you by the brand new Vortex Optics tripod lineup, including... The Ridgeview carbon fiber tripod, one that I had the pleasure of testing out uh, in the backcountry this fall. You will absolutely love it. Weighing in at just over three pounds, it is rugged, it is durable, and it's lightweight. It's the Ridgeview carbon fiber tripod. You can find it in Vortex's entire new lineup of revamped tripods right there at VortexOptics.com. Vortex, the force of optics. We'll be right back with more. From Bo Hunter and father, Jordan Neek of St. Norbert's Abbey on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I
0: miss
2: your smile, miss your touch. I miss your small town way you love. I miss the way my
1: life was spent. And every day was heaven's Guys, Cable here for Coon Stopper. If you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons, well, here's your solution. If you're running a traditional feeder that has, you know, those long legs that coons like to climb up and rob you blind, well, you just attach the coonstoffer stopper to each leg. It's so easy. I just put one on a 300-pound all-seasons feeder, and <laughs> the results speak for themselves. Coons don't like it. They basically attempt one time, realize that it hurts, and they're done throw in the towel just like that. It's the Coon Stopper and you can find it at alamooutdoorworld.com.
2: said to his captain said a man ain't nothing but a man but you can bring that steam drill around and i'll beat it fair and honest i'll die with that hammer in my hand but i'll be laughing because you can't replace a steel driving man."
1: cable smith welcome everybody back to sci's lone like star outdoor show powered by lone star beer thank you so much for dropping by today as we've still got a great guest here on the line joining us from Wisconsin. It is Father Jordan Neek, a proud man of the cloth and bow hunter who is uh, taking a lot of flack from the locals for flinging arrows at an overpopulated white-tailed deer herd. And we're going to jump back into that conversation momentarily this segment, however, brought to you by STI. You know what? I saw something cool on their. uh, social media stuff this week and that is their just the political action they're involved in when it comes to protecting our rights as hunters you know virginians can't hunt on public land on sundays that's right crazy we saw pennsylvania finally overturn that last year however virginia is still stuck in the dark ages and so sci encouraged uh, all sportsmen to get behind this and just text in the word virginia they gave a number And that then led you to a link where you could comment to Virginia uh, politicians on that topic. So just one of the many things SCI is doing as they are out there trying to protect our rights and our heritage as sportsmen. Let's go ahead and uh, get back into it with Father Jordan Neek of St. Norbert's Abbey. And Father, you kind of described the abbey setup. Um, Folks can unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I mean, it's... Sounds like a beautiful property, but they can, the public can walk through the middle of it. And a lot of times they don't stay on the sidewalk. That's where problems started for you this year. And I know this wasn't the first season that you were bow hunting the Abbey property, but I believe it is the first year that you've actually had to deal with folks harassing you for doing the Lord's work afield.
3: Uh, no, I did not experience any issues before.
2: And so, when did this all first start? As far as these these problems, folks are causing.
3: Yeah, it um it kind of started actually the opening of bow season uh, here in the state of Wisconsin. I think that was September fifteenth. It's always the middle of of sep- September. Okay. And um, I just happened to be target practicing. A big buck came out, and I undershot shot him and, and a person who, who frequently visits the Abbey saw me do it and threatened to report me to police and DNR and the, the news station. And uh, so that was a big hullabaloo. Um, <laughs>
0: things,
3: things died down because the news station wasn't going to run with it because they said, there's no story here. Everything he's doing, you know, Father Jordan is doing is, is legal. And, and it's his property, like it's his community's property. Mm-hmm. He has permission to hunt uh, the the land. Um, and then I harvested the big buck. Word started to get around the community and and things kind of escalated in uh, individual spray painted uh, trees of like the tree that my stand uh, was specifically on. Um, so it wasn't marked for logging or anything like that. Um so things didn't happen for a while, and then uh, I harvested another buck during the gun season with my bow and then, after that happened uh trail cans that I had set up to see who's you know messing around with with our property you know damaging it uh stole the trail cameras mm. and pulled the safety pins uh on my ladder stand
2: yeah that's the most so alarming thing Escalated. that's uh very alarming to uh Pull someone's safety pins. I mean, that could end end up in serious injury or death. If you, I mean, I guess you noticed it before climbing up there.
3: Yeah, I try to be really observant because of just you know the the progression of how things things started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go, yeah, you know, people could continue to try to uh, this funny business, right?
2: So, has anyone been struck by lightning in your area lately? <laughs> It'll be pretty obvious who did it. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh it it things have not panned out that way.
2: <laughs> yeah. You did end up filing a police report though.
3: I did. Um, cuz uh, all all along through this, I've been in conversation with a uh, conservation warden through the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources and uh local police, so uh De Pere Police Department. Uh-huh. And uh, my my superiors encouraged me to file a police report, and had an opportunity after dropping uh, the buck off from uh, from the gun deer season at Paul's Pantry, uh, had an opportunity called up the DNR warden, and and she and the De Pere police officer and myself we uh, had a had a conversation and, and filed a police report about what's been going on uh, on the Abbey property.
2: Okay. So I've, I've had one instance of hunter harassment. Um, when I've been in the field, I was duck hunting on a public lake, Lake Lewisville, up here in North Texas. This was probably 10 years ago. Um, and we were, you have to be, I wanted to, I can't remember, but at the time we knew the law. And, and I think it was like a thousand feet or something like that away from any school building. Mm -hmm. And we were like, I mean, I don't, it was more like a thousand yards. You could barely even see it, but we could see some dude like just kind of being weird, like slinking around in the trees and trying to take pictures of us. And then next thing you know, we, uh, we get back to my truck and there's a note on the truck from some local police officers and they, it said, you don't have permission to hunt here, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it had their badge number. Well, I just immediately called the game warden and he said, give me their badge number. Well, first he was like, where were you hunting? And I, you know, sh- showed him on the map exactly where we he goes, give me, the- give me their badge numbers. He-, he called them, said whatever he said to them, then called us back and he said, they will not be harassing you or messing with you anymore. So, cause they were kind of jerks. I called them cause they left that note. I called them first and they-, they said they were yelling at us through a megaphone to try to get our attention. I'm like, well, if we couldn't hear you, if you're trying to get a hold of us with a megaphone, then that tells you how far away we were from you. So anyway, sure. the uh, game warden had our backs, and and not only did the police never say anything again, that guy, whoever, whoever was taking pictures of us, he clearly, I imagine he lived on the lake and just didn't like the fact that people are hunting there. It's sad that people are so petty like that. Yeah. You know, they, they let emotions get in the way of of science and uh, proper wildlife management. So, and see, CWD is a major thing up in, in your area, right?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. The DNR is heavy on on getting deer tested, or, or they're promoting testing, and and uh, because of the spread of chronic wasting disease.
2: Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is overpopulation. You know, how does this disease can spread so quickly? Well, when you have uh, too many deer in you know one area. Yeah, you've exceeded your carrying capacity. Well, that's how that disease really gets fired up. And then you've got a big problem on your hands. So, um, it's, uh, not lost on me. Now, what do you, you've killed, uh, five, five deer so far this season. What are you doing with all that venison? I know you mentioned a uh, pantry, a, 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 a food bank.
3: Yeah. Um, so some of it uh I've kept and and enjoyed with uh some of my Norbertine brothers. Uh a majority of it has gone to uh Paul's Pantry in in Green Bay. Uh they, they I think they have donate 100,000 pounds of food a week uh Paul's Pantry does. And so um deer have gone there and and to other families in need uh that that I'm aware of.
2: Awesome. So what is your uh well, you're clearly doing the the Lord's work. There's no doubt about that. Donating it. Uh, what is your favorite way to uh, prepare venison? Your favorite recipe?
3: Uh, favorite recipe. I I love uh, grilling grilling the backstraps and the tenderloins. Um, there's there was a recipe a friend shared with me that you ma- uh, a nice marinade of red wine and mustard uh-huh. uh, that uh, that has been excellent. Um, one of one of my brothers says this is the best meat I've ever had uh, in his, in his life. And, uh, that's, uh, I take that as a compliment to, the, to the, to the, to the marinade. Oh yeah. Really. So yeah.
2: And you're serving it medium rare. Yep. Yep. That's the way to do it. That is the way to do it. Yeah. Well, I imagine the uh, other priests enjoy that. Um, and you have to get a sense of satisfaction, you know, seeing them enjoy that. I mean, that's, you know, family and friends enjoying the fruits of your labor and that time in the field. that's what it's all about
3: yeah and and we too are called with uh, what has been given to us to be good stewards of our land, and so uh stewardship of of serving those in need and, and providing uh for the community here um, I, that's God calls us to stewardship of of the resources we have no yeah. so it's it's been a blessing to be able to be a good steward.
2: I mean, five. You've taken five deer with your bow this season. That's uh, that's going to be hard to top. And I hope, hopefully, you'll still punch the last two tags. I know the meat's going to go to a, a, a worthwhile cause.
3: Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And uh, I mean, there's uh, even even with uh, five that I that I've um been able able to harvest, and they've offered their their lives uh, for for others, right? These these deer to feed to feed the hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've counted 45 deer here. Some have counted 60, and so. And one uh, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, well, so you could go ahead problem. and send
2: me a a pen to your uh, gp a GPS coordinates to your tree stand. Yeah. Uh, I'll do the research on how to get a Wisconsin license. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. So the so the problem is still is you know it's still there that overpopulation. Yeah. And, um, Hopefully hopefully things get under control.
2: And so how many of your other brothers are are hunting?
3: Uh right now it's just me. My other brother who would be a hunter, he's actually working on a PhD in biology. Uh he's a big fisherman, but he loves hunting uh out out east. So uh as soon as he's done with his PhD, I know he'd love to to hunt as well.
2: Okay. Appreciate the time today. It's sad that that people are they get they get all worked up over what people have been doing since the uh, the beginning of time, and that is, well, I mean, to put it bluntly, killing and and eating their own food. Uh, mm-hmm. Society today is just kind of detached from that reality, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, right, we we forget we just go to the supermarket of of all these creatures that gave their life. And mm-hmm. So there's definitely a a relationship that happens between hunter and animal.
2: Absolutely, Father.
3: Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk with you. Take care.
1: So there he goes, Father Jordan Neek of St. Norbit's Abbey. And I cannot imagine just being so laissez-faire about whether or not God exists that you would attempt to harm a priest by pulling the pins out of their tree stand. Lucky God didn't smite that person down right then and there. Anyway, that segment of the show brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in Marion and San Antonio, Texas, when I shot my biggest free-range buck this past weekend, 155-plus inches. Shot him down there in around Hebronville. God, they've got some giants down there. Anyway, of course, uh, we put him on ice, and then I headed straight to Rustic Reminders where Josh and Becky Gunther will turn that buck into a piece of art that I will proudly display on my walls well, certainly for the rest of my life uh, they'll do the same thing for you they also answer the phone when I call they'll do that for you too imagine that a taxidermist that actually picks up the phone when you call them not trying to dodge you you can find them at grthenumber eight mounts.com up next We'll be joined by our old friend, Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics. They released their 2021 product lineup. There's some brand spanking new stuff that you're going to want to hear about next on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. When did the
3: land of the free become the home of the afraid? Afraid of the world, afraid of the truth, afraid of each other. This ain't the country my grandfather fought for, but I still see the Haiti fought against.
1: Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit texaspremiumpowersports.com or check them out on Instagram at texas underscore premium underscore powersports. That's texaspremiumpowersports.com. Dallas Off-Road is North Texas' trusted 4x4 shop, specializing in lifts, wheels, tires, exterior upgrades, and gears and drivetrains. I recently took my factory Z71 Silverado into Dallas off-road and they handed me back a lifted beast of a truck that will get me around the deer least or just as easily tackle a perilous mountain road on my way to a backcountry elk hunt. Dallas off-road owner Jeff Swope is an avid hunter and gun enthusiast, so you'll have a lot to discuss when you swing by the shop or give him a call. Visit DallasOffRoad.com for all your truck or Jeep customization needs. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. My first love was a wild, sinful night. I ran out with the big dogs, guess I had more bark than bite. I know I won the battle,
0: but in the end I lost the fight. Yeah, my first love was a wild, sinful night.
1: Little Reckless Kelly bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Lone Star Beer. Cable Smith, your host. Riding Shotgun with you. Thank you so much for spending a part of your week with me. I do appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, We're all set to talk some optics and specifically the tools and accessories that allow your optic to give you maximum performance. And we'll do that momentarily with Vortex's Mark Boardman, our old buddy. And this segment of the show brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation specifically RMEF Texas. We appreciate their support. Well, let's bring him on right now, joining us for the umpteenth time. Who knows at this point? It's been quite a few conversations over the years, and I've enjoyed every one of them. Today, I'm sure, will be no exception. It is my pleasure to welcome Vortex's Mark Boardman back to the show.
0: No, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, big day today. Launch uh, launch day. I've had like nine cups of coffee. I'm talking to you <laughs> and all the great people in the great state of texas it's uh it's a good one man
1: yeah you, well you know mark i think uh we have as many listeners outside of texas these days uh and i don't know as i've kind of expanded my horizons uh, as a hunter don't get me wrong i, I love texas shot a, my best buck ever in south texas this past week um, but you know i like to head west to uh, hunt elk and like to go to africa I like to go to canada and do the boundary waters uh you know canoe trip so I guess I've started to wear more hats as an outdoorsman uh, over the years, which uh, is a lovely thing.
0: You are casting a wide net, you know, and and you bring up a really good point. And and I think that's like a natural thing for, for hunters in general. Right. Right. I I think you have a, um, a natural like inherent or even maybe developed to draw to, you know, wild places and, and exploring in general. And, uh, you just, you always kind of want to see what's over the next hill or this next spot or what this state looks like or what the animals act like over here. Um, just kind of that, that, that wonder and, and desire for adventure. So it sounds like you're getting plenty of it.
1: Well, and you've been to some places that are certainly on my bucket list, Alaska for one. Um, you've, you told the story about your black tail that the bear ate, uh, on the show a couple, couple years ago. Uh, was, so was that a draw because Alaska's like coming up, like I'm going to do it in the next, let's just say two years, whether I go like DIY caribou or I go more for like the uh was it was it a sitka blacktail hunt that you went on?
0: So yeah, I've I've done a couple things up there, but that hunt was yeah, it was a sitka blacktail hunt. And uh and so for that hunt, no, it, it was not a draw. You know, um there's a few species where you you have to go with, with an outfitter and, and mm-hmm. probably, you know, to some degree for good reasons. So mountain goat, uh, you know, brown bear, grizzly bear uh, sheep, uh, sheep species, you know, you're going to have to go with an outfitter on those hunts, but yeah, I mean, uh, caribou, uh, moose, black bear, Mm -hmm. sitka, blacktails. um, some amazing species to hunt some amazing places to go. And, and you can, um, although, you know, we probably talked about this before, but Alaska is definitely logistically more complex. There's just, there's just more layers with with the different types of travel and just getting to your hunt location, but Mm -hmm. you can, you can do it um, you know, essentially, you know, on your own with a lot of, a lot of planning and some good equipment.
1: Well, and, and I think you can do it somewhat affordably. Like I know, I've, I've talked to buddies who've done caribou and, uh, they use like a tra- transport service. So not really an outfitter, right. Just You know, a, a pilot in plane just drops them in and says, all right, I'll be back in a week to pick you up. Uh, same thing with the, and that's interesting because you listed all those species where you like, you have to have a guide for X, Y, and Z, but moose is not one of those. And, it,
0: it's you know, not, you know, and you know. I've, I've heard, you know, chatter over the years, uh, that it, it could maybe change, you know, someday. Um, I think I, with their line of thinking being a moose, they really are just a different animal. Uh, their scale is just, um, next level, right? Like elk are big, moose are bigger, right? So now you're you're dealing with a large animal in a remote location and, and obviously preserving that meat and getting it back home is is paramount. And so, you know, we're talking about travel being logistically complex and, you know, getting a moose out of the woods can be the same.
1: Right. I had to uh, buy a, a, another deep freeze for my moose shot in uh, Newfoundland last year. And that has been hands down my favorite Servid that uh, i've taken in north america
0: man uh i hundred percent agree uh, it's it's just good like yeah. you know i mean and and i enjoy eating all types of wild game and, uh-huh. and i think it's all good but as far as and I, and maybe i'm defining good as like
1: no it's all good do. like this the closest like, thing to
0: beef you know right. in a way yeah it's um, wild yeah it's just it's got a, it's got a little extra to it. It's like how a grouse is good to me. Like they're, they have that wild flavor, but it's mm. just so good, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's my, um, my wife's favorite too. So I, I use that as kind of a barometer cause I, you know, I cook the other day I was cooking this black bear I shot in New Mexico in, uh, October and she goes, what is that smell? And it was just, brown, it was just meat that I was browning to make chili. She's mm-hmm. like, and I can't smell because I got COVID and so it's been like three a month and I haven't regained my sense of smell yet. Uh, but at least I I never lost my sense of taste. But anyway, she's like, that kind of smells like seafood or something. She, she was like, it's unpleasant. I said, don't worry about it. Once it goes in the chili, you will, you'll never notice it. And she mm-hmm. didn't. She was like, this is phenomenal. Um, but it it is also, you know, black bear's a little greasier. I, I'm just browning it. You can see all that grease coming off of it. But you know, they're a pretty fatty animal.
0: I think they're all, they all kind of shine in different ways with different flavors and different preparations. And I think, you know, it's like, you know, everybody's oh, it's just how you cook it. And, but there's a lot of truth to that, you know?
1: Oh yeah. We were down uh, on that deer hunt. It's, there's javelina everywhere and they get a bad rap. Oh, that's in- inedible. You know, you can't eat that and you can't eat all dad, but I've cooked them both. Maybe it takes a little more time, but certainly uh, both make a fine meal.
0: Awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. You definitely, you know, both those, like you said, those guys get a bad rap, but, um, and I haven't cooked either of those things. So I can't really speak with any sort of, uh, you know, direct experience there, but, uh, it sounds like you're getting them to turn out really good.
1: So what, how did your, uh, how did your season play out in this crazy, crazy year?
0: Man, I'd say, um, you I saw know, a nice was...
1: buck you shot.
0: Yeah, I got, I got lucky during our Wisconsin rifle season. Um, you know, we we're talking about moose earlier. So I did have a moose hunt planned that uh, got derailed. Uh, Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah. Canada got me. <laughs> so uh, God, hopefully Canadian, we just couldn't cross the board. We needed to cross the border. So I it was close. missed
1: a black bear hunt that actually we were sending a videographer. It was on Vancouver Island uh, for Vortex. And yeah, that one. That one got scrapped too. So. Dude,
0: that would have been a good hunt, man. Yeah, I haven't yeah. hunted that, but I've seen a lot of videos of of the bear hunts on that place, and they seem uh, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So
1: hopefully um, the spring. So did you get your moose hunt rescheduled?
0: So we've kind of transitioned over. We have we have a tentative plan to do a. Uh, so that was just a DIY thing uh, with some buddies back from Washington, really, really, really good guys. Um, and so we kind of at least have a plan right now to try and transition that over to a caribou hunt in 21. Um, so, but that's, uh, that's in process, but so I, 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 one thing I, I love to do is, is really take advantage of, um, over the counter opportunities. There's there's Uh so many great opportunities and places out there and and i don't know i kind of like that there's like not a whole lot of pressure it's not like you have some massive amount of points burned up so if you're just kind of trying to get one um <laughs> right but i hunted uh bears with some some good buddies of mine in washington in august uh up in the high country and we went early you know we gambled a little bit with the timing cuz we wanted to couple it with uh some fishing in the salt water that was that was going on uh the berries were not on so we're talking you know the blueberries were flowers to little green BBs. Uh, we did manage to glass up two bears and, and we, it was a pretty short trip. Like I said, we we're kind of comboing it up. So we only hunted bears for three days, but, um, saw two bears, you know, kind of too far away, moving, not staying in one spot, never were able to get on them. Uh, some of the most beautiful country I've ever been in. Uh, it just, it was, it was stunning and a really, really, really cool hunt with good people in an amazing place. So that was awesome. Um, had uh blacktails or uh, columbia blacktail deer with my dad and my brother uh back in washington uh had a great hunt saw probably 40 deer in a week of hunting mm. which at least for me with blacktails is like yeah. you're seeing deer every day right that's uh-huh. a good thing uh not a horn in the bunch though essentially so i think the first deer i actually saw was a little spike uh like the morning of day 1 and uh and then I didn't see another horn after that, and I maybe I should have shot him. So but I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't ready to be done on day one. So uh, that's all right.
1: That, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. I I won't spend an entire week in New Mexico with a mule deer tag, and yeah, all I saw was does for the entire week. So
0: yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just you know it doesn't it doesn't play out. But you know, again, kind of all part things. of the experience yeah like i love it out there that's home for me those are the deer that i grew up hunting you know hanging out with my dad and my brother for a week it was it was all good things um missed a really big buck with my bow here in wisconsin that one still stings uh every everything was uh, an amazing scenario you know picked a good spot on a piece of public that i like uh spotted this buck he was hanging with a doe grunting at him nothing ended up uh they slipped over the hill. I threw a bleed at her. She came running, passed by seven yards. And he was, it was interesting how he's, he was tending her because he was more like, you know, like cutting and corralling her. He wasn't like dogging her. Yeah. And uh, so instead of following her, which would have been like amazing, uh, he cut around this pocket of brush and I was trying to thread it between a couple of different trees. And I think, you know, kind of happened fast. I think I might have misjudged the distance. Uh, didn't have time to range him because I was not expecting him to hit that spot. And I think I judged him for probably, you know, 25. I think he might have been a little bit more like 35. Or hmm. I could have gotten a deflection. Or uh, Here's all I know. I missed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, th- those shots where you don't have time to uh, to get your ranger up. And whether you're using the Fury or uh, the Razor, you know. Mm-hmm there's certainly times I missed an elk in Montana last year. Same deal. Thought he was 35 and it was downhill. Uh, yeah. He was 45 and we watched that arrow go right under his vitals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He so, went
1: along with my, all of my hopes and dreams. So, so uh,
0: we all, <laughs> we all love the challenge of bow hunting uh, and it is super amazing, but it is challenging at the same time. And it definitely doesn't, it uh, doesn't work out, you know, I guess as, uh, as you'd like sometimes, but again, great, great fun season. Our archery season is still ongoing. So I guess while we're talking right now, you know, it's January. So in some select, um, uh, counties here, you can hunt till the 31st. So going to try and slip out a couple more days. I went out to a piece of public the other day. Um, didn't, didn't see anything. There's kind of a lot of pressure, a lot of human activity there. Definitely deer, lots of deer tracks. We had snow on the ground, some good trails mm-hmm. I set up on, on what I thought was a, a good travel route, but I think they were uh, coming out after dark and and then, like you said, though uh, November opening day of gun season here, shot a nice three um, three year old uh, whitetail and got some meat in the freezer, so that's a good thing. And I guess that's yeah. my my season in a nutshell thus far.
1: Do you think you'll ever get to the point as a bow hunter where you like you just know unknown distances in your head, like and just you just you're like it. I'm it's instinctive. I just know that that's the distance, and I'm slinging, and every time the animal's just like dead. And because I'll tell you. I like to hunt so many different things that I don't have the time to invest in, in that, in that, um, chasing that dream of, you know, being, a just an absolute sniper with a bow. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Chasing elk with a bow is probably my f- absolute favorite thing to hunt. Um, but I'm like in no way going to sit here and say, um, I think I'll ever be that great of a bow hunter.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I probably fall into that same boat. Right. You know? And, and I think, you know, I, I've, I fall victim to wanting to do too many different things just because, mm. you know, we're talking about kind of adventure and experiences, and and I'd say, you know, I'm kind of, like, okay at a lot of things, you know, right. uh, you know <laughs> uh, but so it's double-edged, right? Like, if you're really, really good at one thing, you're kind of good at one thing. I mean, I guess if you're really good at bow hunting, like all types of game, that means you're a hell of a hunter, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just, I love... I love it all. I love to rifle hunt, muzzleloader hunt. I love to, you know, uh, fiddle with some of that stuff, sort it out. And, and so, but that is one of my goals this year, I guess if I was going to pick, you know, a resolution is I definitely want to shoot my bow a lot more, maybe make some,
1: maybe pick it up before August.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, Make some, make some tweaks to uh, you know, how I have my pins set and to make me maybe make them, a little bit more flexible in situations like that uh practice just shooting at some of those unknown distances and kind of figure out i guess what my holds are Mm -hmm. uh maybe with with more of a single pin uh setup i i I use a multi-pin sight and i I do love a multi-pin sight but i don't know i've kind of got some some ideas where that i want to at least try and and i know one thing that i've been thinking about too on the bow side and i guess speaking specifically to whitetails, but you know, I'm, I'm always waiting for that buck to come out. Right. You know? And, and yeah. so I'm, it's like, even, even in the early season, you know, like a doe comes by and you're like, Oh man, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a buck's going to slip out. And, and then, you know, you end up not shooting that doe and then, uh, you know, during the rut, man, it's cranking and you're like, Oh man, I, you know, this, I've got a good shot on this doe, but there could be a buck behind <laughs> her. So now yeah. I'm going to wait. Right. And I think honestly, number one, you end up not getting meat in the freezer. And number two, I think to be a good bow shot on game, you have to start shooting game. Yeah. I, there's, there's nothing that duplicates that. So that's kind of one of my things too, is I want to, you know, put more meat in the freezer, but also get that practice and, and what, what that sight picture looks like. And, and I guess kind of finishing that process. So that's, that's kind of what I want to do in 21, I guess, in regards to bow hunting.
1: Shooting more does, putting more meat in the freezer. I I usually let them go too, but the, the last one I shot um, out of a pop-up, she walked by with her with another dough and then she kind of like thought something was up, and she turned around and came back, and was lifting her. You know how they lift that front foot up and kind of stomp a little bit. Oh yeah. And I was like, mm, that was your your last mistake. <laughs> I let her pass once. <laughs> I couldn't do it twice. So. <laughs> she, she lost her privileges. She did. She did. Well, so let's do this. Let's knock out a quick break. I want to come back, and you mentioned launch day this week has been a big one for Vortex. I want to talk about the latest and greatest. I've had a chance to use some of it in the field this fall, and we'll talk about uh, those items as well as some other great stuff that you guys have coming down the pipeline. Sound good?
0: Awesome, man. Let's do it.
1: All righty. And while Vortex is who I trust during the day, y'all know that I switch it over to Pulsar under the cover of darkness. The Pulsar Thermion, is the greatest thermal rifle scope ever available to you, and I, for that matter. I've been playing with these things for about 10 years, and the Thermion is, bar none, the most high-quality thermal optic that I've ever used. Of course, it's got a diverse color palette, internal recording, and over a 1,200-yard detection range. You can find the Thermion at PulsarNV.com. We'll be right back with more from Mark Bortman of Vortex Optics on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. But your as ice. Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit texaspremiumpowersports.com or check them out on Instagram at texas underscore premium underscore powersports. That's texaspremiumpowersports.com. With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find them on Facebook, Foster Farm and Ranch, or Instagram at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, fosterfarmandranch.com the website or call chat at 830-776-3605.
2: spend my dollar. Park in a holler
3: needs a mountain. moonlight. Hold her up tight.
2: Make a little oven, a little turn it up in on a Mason Dixon night. It's my life, oh, so right. My Dixieland Delight.
1: There's a classic from Alabama, Dixieland Delight, bringing us back on SEI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you. That was back when Nashville country was still country music. Look at the stuff they're throwing out today with all the bass and bebopping and lyrics that I swear a kindergartner could have penned while he was taking a crap in five minutes. It's it, I can't believe people eat that stuff up. It's amazing to me. It's one of the great modern mysteries of the world, how people actually enjoy listening to that just absolute abomination. But, hey, they do. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for being here we are still visiting with vortex optics mark Boardman and we'll pick it back up with mark momentarily talk about some brand new products that I'm excited about but first this segment brought to you by big and J attractants uh, like I've been telling you guys the buck I killed on my lease this year he really only showed up to the camera when I had put out the big and J and they've got to die for or they've got big and j squared they've got a lot of stuff those are the two that i've been using uh i will tell you though feral hogs find it they're gonna eat it everything loves it it's just that aromatic that tasty check it out big and j you can find them at bigandj.com all right uh well mark thanks for sticking around through the break brother
0: Oh, me as well, man. Me as well. We all—I probably say I'm like a broken record, but you never have to twist our arm around here to talk about <laughs> hunting or optics or anything related to that. So,
1: what what has this uh this year been like from a from the standpoint of all of these shows being canceled? Like, um, no DSC, no SCI, no uh, Great American Outdoors Show. These are things that companies like Vortex. Uh, it's it's just what you do. And if you're in the industry, you might not be at all of them, but you're damn sure you're going to find yourself at one or more of them every, you know, it's typically this time of year. Uh, has that been challenging or has it been a breath of fresh air? Like, Hey, uh, look what we don't have to do this year.
0: So, you know, I'd say it's been different, right? Uh-huh. It's been different um, and and challenging and you're definitely getting some time back that you didn't have. You're able to focus some resources in different ways. And I think, you know, one you know, if we're going to try and find some silver linings here, I think it's to force companies like us or, or lots of companies to, uh, to be creative and to, uh, uh, you know, not hit maybe rinse, repeat on a process. How do we do something differently? How how can we do something more efficiently? How can we, uh, reach a lot of people, uh, with, with new ideas? So, um, there's definitely been a lot of that going on, which I'd say, even if you went back to doing shows next year, let's say, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have some new tools in, in, in the old tool bag and, and, you know, things that you've come up with that you'll probably want to continue doing still, right? So mm. um, I'd say that's a positive. Definitely going to miss, uh, you know, Uh, I I love the consumer shows, uh, you know, you talk about some, some great consumer shows where you actually get to, uh, meet and talk with the customers and hear about, you know, their positive experiences, answer questions, um, you know, get their input, get their feedback. So that's, that's the part of it that I will miss. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's a year of adjustments, right? So everybody's adjusting and just trying to do a good job and and make the most of it. And, And I think, uh, you know, if, if you want to do those things, you certainly can.
1: Well, one thing that I've liked you know, going back to the, you know, how do we, how do we not fall into this pattern of rinse and repeat? You guys have a great series of videos that you all pretty much, you shoot them at the office and, uh, they're usually, you know, there's truth behind them, but they're, they're coming at the viewer from most of the time, a little bit of a, a humor standpoint. Uh, the most recent one that I saw was kind of what we thought 2020 was going to be like, and <laughs> everyone in the office is just unloading an AR and then it's like what 2020 really was like and it's everyone's gun jamming <laughs> just yeah just
0: just just empty mags and trigger clicks you know yeah. um uh, yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, that was a fun one and, you know, we, we like to have some fun around here. We obviously, you know, take, uh, take our jobs, um, very seriously, but I guess we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Right. So we like to have some fun and have a cool atmosphere around here. And, and, uh, yeah, I I did. I I enjoyed that, uh, that little (laughs) new year's video as well. Yeah.
1: Um, well, so let's talk about some of the latest and greatest, uh, two things that I've had the chance to mess around with so far here in, uh. 2020 well now it's 2021 but we're on launch day launch week and you've got some new tripods so we'll start with what i've used and then we'll you know let you talk about some of the stuff that i haven't gotten my hands on yet uh but the Ridgeview tripod is this is what i took on my uh so my new mexico bear hunt actually turned into a uh we got the bear on the first day so it turned into an elk scouting trip okay. or a unit that uh i have hunted before Uh, so I had my lab with me and, uh, yeah, it was fun. Then we did a little fly fishing. So it was like a, it was like kind of like this great Western adventure, which having that BC black bear hunt canceled, it really didn't, you know, wasn't that bad because I got to do all these, this other fun stuff and have the dog with me. But I took the, uh, the Ridgeview specifically on that hunt. Um, this thing is built like a brick house and I mean, like rugged, strong. You put that thing in the dirt. There's no, there's no give to it. There's no flex. This isn't a little dinky uh, tripod, but it's also not very heavy. And I'm gonna let you talk about the uh, ingenuity that went into building this thing.
0: So yeah, I mean, it's it's just a really, really solid, lightweight tripod. So and and maybe we can talk about the Ridgeview Carbon and the Summit Carbon kind of in in the same you know, I guess, uh, vein of thinking or whatever, cause they share uh, a lot of similar features and functionality. Right. But, yeah. but when you're talking about, you're talking about the Ridgeview carbon, uh, you know, carbon fiber leg set there. So it's extremely lightweight. It's extremely tough, extremely strong, uh, and, and great for packing. Right. Nobody, nobody wants to pack an anchor around with them. So, um, it really, really shines for that. Um, that Ridgeview is going to get you up pretty high. So it's going to get you to a standing height, which is nice. Um, You know, sometimes uh, I think in a lot of the country that, that I glass in, you know, I generally can a glass from like a sitting or kneeling position, Mm -hmm. but there's certainly a lot of areas where you can't right where you need to get over a brush or things like that so being able to get to that standing height uh can be a, a, a huge asset that thing you know the uh the ridge is coming in at 3.2 pounds um so again you're just you're not carrying a, a ton of weight into the field uh it's got a two-way pan head super fluid easy to adjust it's essentially you know uh, a single twist to the left or right is gonna you know uh, loosen or tighten the head, you know, and you know, you're up, down, left, right. Um, Arcus was compatible. So that's kind of like a, a plate system. That's very universal from, you know, tripods to photography to even in the shooting world. Right. A lot of guys are using Arcus Swiss rails. So a lot mm-hmm. of, um, cross over there. Uh, you know,
1: like content is something that we're all trying to, that's what we do. Um, of course we're, we're hunters and outdoorsmen, but in this industry, it's, you know, you got to create content. And so I found it very useful, uh, as far as, you know, getting great photos of the dog and I, when we were lucky enough to stumble upon some grouse, uh, or I took my, uh, my e-bike up there and got some, some great video footage for them. So, you know, certainly a multi-use.
0: Oh yeah, certainly. No, you nailed it. Uh, I mean, you can, you know, anything that you need a tripod, you know, this, this thing's going to do it and it's going to, going to do it well um you know and, and that includes you know spotting scopes or camera equipment or you know probably one of my favorite things in the world which is glassing with binoculars off a tripod uh-huh. um it's just uh it's it's a cool a cool uh, cool unit for sure you got you got multiple leg angles right so you can get it super low or you can get it you know like i said to that standing height so i guess the min height if you probably broke down the, the split center column and uh, splayed out the legs you know you're looking at 8.3 inches right so you can still maintain a super low profile if needed or get it back you know all the way up to that 73.8 inches so um, really really versatile lightweight uh, high-performing tripod and and I think you know we're really excited about these we've had tripods in in our lineup for for years right but this is definitely kind of a, a complete overhaul of of our tripod offerings and and we're pretty pumped about them
1: so what about the uh, the high country aluminum tripod? This one I took to Nebraska for a muzzleloader hunt. And you wouldn't think like... Oh, I personally had a misconception about what the Nebraska sandhills were like. I mean, it is freaking wide open. It's not just a bunch of cornfields. It's wide open, rolling hills. They've got whitetail. They've got mule deer. I saw a 360-inch bull elk up there. I was like, I didn't Ooh. even know you had elk up here. Um, and so... There was a lot of glassing. You're sitting on, on a, let's just say, what's well, called a sandhill, but let's just say a little ridge and you're trying to not be skylined as these deer are coming out of the corn back into these big well, it's like CRP-ish type of fields. Um, they're sometimes 800, 1,000 yards away and the whole deal is find um, you know, a mature buck and then figure out a way to intercept him, but that all starts with the glass. At that distance, you're not picking out horns at... A 1, thousand, twelve hundred yards, while freehanding a pair of binos, and for me, we were using spotting scopes. Um, so this one was, uh, you know, a very functional tool in an area where I didn't didn't really think, Nebraska. Okay, I I need a tripod, but I asked the outfitter. She was like, definitely bring a spotting scope. So gave me a great excuse to take the high country, and uh, take it for a spin. Talk a little bit about that lineup.
0: So, yeah, man, and, and those sand hills, they, they hold a special place in my heart. Talk about a, uh, a really, really beautiful, unique region. I, I, I don't think I've ever been anywhere else that's quite like those. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and what appears at maybe first glance to be kind of a, a barren landscape in some ways is is really full of life so that's just you know and there's a lot of water back there too which you don't necessarily associate with nebraska either so really really cool spot and uh, that that's neat that you got to hunt it so um but the high country so we're looking at a um uh this is an aluminum leg tripod uh-huh. and and i'll say one thing that that is you know a cool attribute of the the carbon tripod is it's going to naturally dampen more so you're going to have if you bump it while glassing or even in the wind it's going to you know, have less vibration to it, I guess, you know, so you're going to ultimately have reduced your your image shake with with those types of scenarios. But um, aluminum leg tripod, uh, lever leg locks versus the twist lock legs of of the Ridgeview and the Summit Carbon 2. Coming in a little bit heavier, so it's a four-pound tripod. So you can look at that a couple different ways, though, right? That four pounds could be an asset, depending on how you are generally using your tripod. A heavier tripod is going to be, you know, probably a little bit more stable, right? Mm. So uh, if you're not uh, toting it super crazy distances, that could actually be, you know, an asset for your hunt. Uh, same two-way pan head as the Ridge Ridgeview and the Summit Carbon. Uh, like I said, lever leg locks, getting to a max height of 62.5, a min height of 11.3. Uh, just a really super solid, um, you know, ultimately high-performing tripod, but it doesn't break the bank, you know? So, I think you're coming in at like right about, you know, street price on this. You're going to be about right about 200 bucks, you know. uh, In contrast, when you look at the, uh, you know, the Summit Carbon 2, which is, you know, again, that carbon leg tripod coming in at 2.5 pounds, um, you know, that's going to be about $400 at retail. And then you get to that ridge view that gets you up a little bit higher than the Summit Carbon. And that's going to be uh, uh, closer to $500, right? So uh, depending on your needs and your budget, there's something in this lineup that should, um, should really fit in and perform well for a person.
1: I wonder, and it's kind of one of those weird things to say, but like, if people out there are like, why would anyone ever spend that much money on a tripod? Like, what are these people talking about? Like, but if you've been, if you've ever hunted in these wide open spaces, like if you don't have a tripod, going back to just those sandhills, you're trying to freehand glass in a 30 mile per hour wind animals that are 800 yards away with binos. It isn't going to happen. you're going to see the you're going to see deer but you're not going to see what you're looking at you're just not sturdy enough
0: i mean it's like you said i guys do it i'm sure it can be done i i just know my effectiveness and efficiency and ability to spot locate um it, I mean, exponential, right? I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that's just such, it's, it's a game changer. It it truly is. And I'm not just saying that because, Hey, I want to sell some tripods. They're new, uh, (laughs) man. And, and even if you're not, even if you don't want to carry the weight, you know, depending on your hunt, maybe you're like, I don't want to carry a spotting scope, man, carry the tripod and and get a binocular, get binocular adapter and, and glass with your, you know, your binoculars off your tripod. It's just, it's going to make you a way way better hunter you're going to spot more game you're just going to notice things that you never noticed before
1: well you know i said earlier like uh, that i went to new mexico and spent a week just looking at does i did yeah. not that was the first backcountry hunt that i ever did and i did not have a tripod nor a spotting scope mm. so maybe there's some truth to like well hey you didn't see a buck because you didn't have the right stuff <laughs> I'm it,
0: yeah, maybe, right? I think I'm I a mean, better hunter
1: now. Obviously, that that's that was years and years and years ago, but uh I I did, those those you know, as you evolve as a hunter, you're like, okay, how going back to increasing my efficiency. I'm spending all of this time, all of this money, all this energy to go on some remote hunt in some other part of the world that's foreign to me maybe. Uh I might as well have the best gear so that I can find success. The best man- gear you can afford.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're blessed right now, in my opinion, as far as equipment goes, you know, like I go back to when, when I first started hunting and just, you know, the, the equipment that, exist today just it, it didn't back then, right? And it, it does allow you to be to, you know, whether it's apparel and you can you can stay out longer or be more comfortable, uh, you know, not be completely wet and have to go back in because you've got hypothermia or, you know, optics where my goodness, what you can what a person can get optically for five hundred dollars these days or even two hundred and thirty dollars, like our diamondback HD binoculars. It's like it's really astounding actually. Um, and, and so, and again, like, yeah, I work for Vortex, but man, a tripod and and a good set of binoculars or optics in general is just.
1: It's invaluable.
0: It's invaluable. It's not the place to skimp, you know?
1: Yeah. As far as other things, uh, those are the, those are the things that I've had the uh, pleasure of, of testing out this fall. Um, you guys have a lot of other stuff that's brand spanking new as well, and I'll, I'll let you give us a rundown of the things that are most uh, that you're most excited about.
0: Man, well, I mean, and this kind of goes back to we've been ch- chatting about optics and tripods, and uh, and so this is more on the optics side. So, just today, we launched our Fury HD Five Thousand AB. So, if a person's familiar with the Vortex lineup of, of optics, you know, the Fury HD 5000 has been, uh, you know, it's, it's a ranging uh, range finding binocular that, that we've had for a, a couple years now. An extremely uh, amazing unit. Right. As the name implies, it's got a 5000 yard max range. Um, the AB designation on this new version, though so the, you can still get the, the original version, but the, you know, mm-hmm. this is kind of like a, uh, has uh, some additional features that AB stands for applied ballistics, right? So, uh, it actually has, uh, uh, the applied ballistic solver integrated into the unit. So, uh, you know, you pair it with the fury app, uh, which, uh, you know, so you input all your, uh um, your different variables uh you know your ballistic coefficient uh and it, it all the unit also has all the uh you know the uh the the, the drag curves they applied ballistic drag curves which are super crazy accurate uh-huh. so uh all those are loaded in the app you got the full sweep there so you select you know select your bullet um, throw in your velocity all those different things like that boom that gets loaded into the unit once you do that all that information is in the unit so when you range something at 600 yards, you're going to get that uh, custom ballistic profile for the load that you're pushing through your rifle to the yard. Right. So, I mean, it's not, you know, and I've taped dope charts to my stock for years and they work great. Um, This is going to give you to the yard accuracy. It's got onboard environmental sensors. So it's going to give you your temperature, your pressure, right? That's real time information. So I guess in contrast, when I make like a, a dope chart for my stock, I set the temperature for like 50 degrees. Right. I'm like, well, it might be a little bit hotter, might be a little bit colder. I'm going to kind of put it in that middle ground. This unit will give you that temperature at that moment in time. Right. And so you get all this, um, Uh you know, tolerance stacking. Right. So if your temp's a little bit off, um, maybe your your dope chart is only in 25 yard increments or whatever, what have you. All these little things can ultimately like become a big thing. Potentially. Right. And I've had a couple, like probably two different instances where that, where that's happened to me. Um, and having this unit would have been, in my opinion, the difference maker from, uh, you know, coming home, coming back to the truck with a heavy pack or you know, kind <laughs> of a, a, you know, sour grapes. So, right. um,
1: it's I, just it I got, really I an the, amazing unit. I had the opportunity to, um, use this software. Well, or this technology, um, couple years ago and i think it's with the guys that you that y'all work with i don't know how much of that is proprietary at this point but uh, i have played around with all that stuff firsthand with and there there are a couple good guys as well Uh, so that's exciting to see see this come to fruition Uh, i know that's been a long time coming
0: it it has you know and and it's just something that you know we're super excited about it uh like i'm thinking
1: a a gong at 800 yards with the with a 243 like it was nothing you know, uh, right. With their, with their guidance. Um, the first time I got to use it and I was like, Holy crap, you know, I can, I can do this. It was like encouraging, like, um, cause going back to being a average bow hunter, well, you know, now, now I'm like, okay, now I can be a, an above average rifle hunter.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and it allows you to capitalize on on opportunities that you just otherwise wouldn't be able to right? or, or definitely, you know not as effective. Um your confidence level is through the roof and you know even if you don't plan on shooting an animal at 800 yards when you practice and are able to execute shots at those distances man it makes the 400 and in shots you know seem like child's play at times. Right. I mean it, your confidence level is you know through the roof. It's not like oh man I hope I hit him. It's like no I'm like we are let's we're going to kill it. Let's go, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> Heavy um, packs. Yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. And um you know obviously this is shines for executing those long range shots whether you're at the range or you're trying to increase your effective range in the field while hunting um the trickiest part with all that is the wind right and Mm -hmm. so this unit has some things that can really help you out with that so um you can enter you you know manually enter like i guess you know a a full value right left wind of you know if you're like oh i think it's you know about five miles per hour maybe it's ten um Maybe you do have a a Kestrel and and you're able to, uh, you know, get that value from your location and and input that. But it also has a really cool mode. It's the wind bearing capture mode, and that utilizes an onboard compass in the binocular. So what you do is, you know, the wind's blowing. You you determine which direction the wind is blowing from, face that direction direction and and use the wind bearing capture mode to capture that right mm-hmm. so now you've got not only uh you know i guess a, a, an estimation on you know the, the miles per hour value of the wind but you've got that direction because you know a, a full right left is going to be different than a quartering wind as far as like how you're going to want to you know um uh, determine your wind hold uh, for that shot um you can take it a step further because the unit does pair with third-party devices, so it will pair with your Bluetooth uh, uh, Kestrel. You know, if, mm-hmm. if your Kestrel has Bluetooth, it will uh, pair with uh, Applied Ballistics compatible Garmin devices. So you can just really do a lot of amazing things here to uh, make you a better shooter. Um, and like I said, man, it's just going to get—it's going to let you take advantage of, of opportunities that you may not, may otherwise not been able to.
1: And it feels good to go out and and realize that hey yeah I can, I can make an eight hundred yard shot. I mean that's fun. And then you're like and and I would not take a thousand yard shot at an animal. I, I mean I just wouldn't do it. But shoot steel at it. And when you hit that gong, it's like, man, this is badass.
0: Like you said, there's something uh, undeniably satisfying uh, about sending a tiny, tiny projectile that far downrange and and hitting something with that level of precision. Like it's yeah. like it's it's eye opening, <laughs> it's satisfying, it's confidence building, and it it's uh it's fun.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh so what else what else is brand new? Man, or that's 20, a hot one. 21. That's a
0: big one. Um another one super excited about uh you know for for the AR world and actually the turkey hunting world as well uh, debuting the spark solar So uh, yeah, I
1: saw a little clip on this one.
0: It it is a really, really cool red dot. Uh, It's 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 super streamlined, Uh, as the name implies. It's got a solar panel uh, integrated into the into the top of the unit. Uh, Very very uh, very very you know sleek from a form factor design. It's not going to snag on things. It's going to be low profile. Uh, It's got uh, I guess flush uh, flush. adjustments for your for your windage and elevation i guess the only recess being where you might insert something to to turn to make those adjustments uh, so if you need to make a quick quick adjustment you always can uh, you don't have to you know take a cap off or anything like that so that's a really cool feature uh left side controls um, in the unit as far as you know uh on off dot brightness but uh we'll get to the solar part so we've harnessed the power of the sun for this unit.
1: <laughs> Vortex is going green. I love it.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not really, but yes. Uh, uh, but the cool part is, is it's not charging the battery. So it still uses a battery, right? Uh-huh. Um, but it will, uh, we call it the auto detect technology. So it will automatically switch from solar power to battery power, depending on the conditions. So if you're like hundred percent dark room, maybe some sort of interior environment, bam, it's going to go to that battery power. But like in a room right now that I'm in, I'm actually inside, but we've got the lights on, they've got enough ambient light. It will run off that ambient light and the, and you don't have to switch it. The unit is, it automatically determines the scenario and will switch to the appropriate uh, you know form of powering and, and keeping that dot on. But um, what that gives you though, again, like it just ambient light that's going to power it. I mean, these LEDs nowadays, they're they're so efficient. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that coupled with the battery life, I mean, again, we're crunching numbers, you're finding some averages here, but you know, potentially you're looking up to 150,000 hours of battery life, you know, kind of like an average use of, you know, battery and solar. So um, it's just a a really, really cool unit. It's got our, uh, our multi-height mount system, right? So you can kind of get it to that, standard ar height or it comes with a low mount as well if you want to put it on a shotgun definitely a lot of guys are are moving to uh putting dots on shotguns for mm-hmm. uh, well, i guess even you know uh competition but as well as turkey hunting you know that's what i think i'm going to try to go to this year is probably the spark solar on on my turkey setup um two moa dots so you've got a really nice fine aiming point but it's still fast enough you're going to pick it up you're going to find it um so you're getting you know all the speed and functionality of, of that red dot uh, style sight um Man, I'm pumped about it. It's 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 cool.
1: And what is the price point on that?
0: So that's going to retail probably uh, right about two seventy nine. Like if you went on our website, oh, very you know, affordable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're definitely getting getting a lot of a, a lot of performance. You harness the
1: power of the sun and can sell it to us for less than three hundred dollars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: So that that's a cool one. The person might, you know, if, if you like, you know, a red dot style site. I think that's, that's going to be a good one. That's you should get one of those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to, uh, to dive into, um, but the floor is yours,
0: man. I'll I'll touch on one more really cool product. Um, and hopefully people aren't getting tired of me ramble on, but, uh, the Spitfire HD gen two series. So these, these are, uh, uh, prism scopes. So they've got a prism based optical system, Uh, a glass-etched reticle that can be illuminated. It's got our ARBDC4 reticle in in both those units. One is a fixed 3X, and the other one is a fixed 5X. Now, we've had prism scopes before. We actually still have the 1X version from the original Spitfire series. Uh, Really, really cool uh, optics in that you're always going to have a point of aim no matter whether you know the the, the reticle illumination is engaged or not, you know, uh, and so that's that's always nice to have. The you know it doesn't have to be quote on. Uh, very sleek, very streamlined. Uh, Prism based optical systems are super compact, and so even from our previous versions, we've uh, you know made these even more compact. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sleek. It's got that same multi height mount system as the Spark. Left side controls. Uh, the five X version. Is, is really cool because it actually has, uh, well, it will come with like kind of like a, a plate cover on the top. Uh, somebody can kind of visualize that. But what you can do is, you know, you could mount like a reflex style sight on top of the unit. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. You're getting that 5x meg for a lot of your shooting. Maybe you're a little bit more uh, uh, intermediate distance shooting, but then you can mount that reflex sight on top for, for your close end, fast stuff. So a lot of versatility there, cool optics i mean they're bulletproof
1: um i mean i've i've used mine on an ar um and i don't have this this gen but uh certainly have the original spitfire and it's still on a 223 that is when i'm going coyote hunting uh that's about that's the first thing i grab awesome
0: i mean they are they're just they just work you know they're kind of workhorses they're they're super versatile um, the BDC reticle is actually, you know, sub tens um, with most popular 5.56 cartridges. You know, that's what a lot of guys are putting these on, um, and those sub tensions are going to work really well. You know, probably out to you know six ish with a 308. Uh, you know, they're going to be going to follow fairly tightly there. So, um, man, I dig it. I don't know. There's too many good choices. Cable.
1: Well, it's certainly an embarrassment of riches at Vortex Optics. That's for sure. Something for everybody. Something for every budget and Every year I look forward to seeing how you guys will continue to push the envelope and reinvent the wheel.
0: No nah, man, that's super cool, you know. And and it's, you know, obviously we're passionate about those things here. We're we're passionate end users of the product, <laughs> which I think, you know, drives a lot of that and uh yeah, it's it's all fun stuff for us. So we're 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 pretty stoked to to bring these to market.
1: Now, if we can just find some ammunition to go site these new things in, right?
0: <laughs> yeah that might be the real challenge
1: <laughs> I, the other day I found 9 millimeter ammo at Cabela's so maybe things are looking up
0: holy mackerel uh, yeah. That, that, uh, yeah hopefully that is a sign of good things to come yes yeah. I like that
1: <laughs> well alright Mark hey thanks for your time today as always brother uh, big things coming at you from Vortex here in 2021 and uh, I look forward to our next conversation
0: Cable, okay, well, appreciate it always fun man really enjoy it and uh, yeah we'll talk soon
1: Sounds good. There he goes, Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics. And that segment was brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit and also the new Stealth Cam Fusion from Stealth Cam. You can find it at StealthCam.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Thanks to Mark as well as our other guest, uh, Father Jordan Neek of St. Norbit's Abbey. Uh, Certainly an interesting conversation there. We'll be back with a brand new show next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors.